Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion for Wednesday, May 23rd, 2018. Here today to recap SmackDown Live from last night, where, you know, after the complaints I had from Monday Night Raw the previous night, where it felt like there was a lot of quantity and not enough quality, last night, was kind of the opposite of that. They, they left you wanting more. They gave you a, a lot of quality. Every segment, while it may not have been, you know, over the top great, it served the purpose and wasn't just a time-killing mechanism. So let's get things started with the opening segment of the night. And it wasn't just your typical what Raw does. Oh, let's send the boss out there talk for a couple minutes, have him get interrupted, and then that set up a match. Now, you had The Miz come out and start off the show with Miz TV, promotes his uh, uh, TV show coming up in July, the the reality show about him and Maurice uh, called Miz and Mrs. before he welcomes out his guests for the night, The New Day. And, you know, The Miz was looking to get the scoop. He was looking to get uh, the information people want to know, and that's which member of the New Day will be representing their team in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match in uh, three weeks. And, you know, The New Day, they did a a lot of uh, playing games with The Miz here. The, first, they talked up The Miz's accomplishments, but then uh, uh, they uh, kept playing games with them on which one of them it would be in that match but before The Miz started getting annoyed with them. And the, throughout this segment, The Miz was playing the antagonist here, uh, talking about uh, each uh, one of them as individuals, uh, Xavier and his uh, PhD, and uh, how he may be the smartest wrestler on the brand, Kofi, and how he's won every championship except for the WWE title. And then Big E, how he's the biggest, uh, strongest guy on the team, maybe the strongest uh, in uh, the company. And talking about how there's only one of them that can be the WWE champion. Now, trying to... Uh, cause some tension between the the three of them and and uh, uh he was uh trying to cause a rift in the new day something that they weren't falling for even went as far as saying that he could beat any one of them on any given day of the week they they uh had said all right it's going to be e meaning it would be e facing uh the Miz, Miz decides to duck out, leave, and as they're uh, throwing pancakes at him, going shame, shame, shame. I'm not, uh, you know, with all the goofy things the New Day does, I'm surprised that the pancakes thing has stuck. Especially, uh, I, I, I pity for the poor guy that has to make the pancakes each and every single week. You know, you figure. Oh, Miz is going to escape this one, but he gets backstage and is confronted by SmackDown Live general manager Paige, who informs them that match was going to happen right now. The match itself, uh, it uh, was uh, good, didn't over-serve its purpose, didn't last longer than it, it should have, but also provided you know, good, uh, goofy and, and dramatic moments where you had... 
Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods uh, splitting time on commentary. Uh, the match starts with Xavier on commentary before commercial break, and and then uh, uh, Kofi goes uh, to join commentary. There was that point where Biggie's down outside the ring, and they they say end of round one, and then they're going over toweling Biggie off and even pouring pancake syrup down his mouth, which was funny. Yeah, of course, The Miz looking for any cheap uh, victory. And you, you figure, you look at the two guys. The Miz was going to have to pull off the cheap uh, victory to win this match uh, due to the size difference between him and uh, Big E. And he was able to get that after a uh, blindside attack by uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, the bar, on uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, providing enough of distraction for The Miz to hit the skull crush in finale and get to the victory there. So, now the the segments here, they serve the multi-purposes. A, uh, The Miz being an instigator trying to cause problems with uh, the the New Day. B, The New Day uh, keeping everybody on suspense, keeping the mystery of which one of them is going to be in the money in the bank. And C, continued their rivalry with The Bar, which has been a rather successful one for them since The Bar moved over to uh, SmackDown Live. Now, coming up next week, uh, things will get even hotter between these two sides as The Miz will team with The Bar to go up against the New Day in a six-man tag team matchup. Just uh, one of a few matches that we have to look forward to for next week's SmackDown Live. Going into the last night, there were two more spots left open on the SmackDown side for the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match coming up in three weeks. So, there was opportunity uh, given last night to fill those last two spots with two Money in the Bank qualifying matches. One between Lana and Billy Kay, the other one later in the night uh, with Naomi going up against uh, Sonya Deville. And you know, with uh, the Lana Billy Kay match, it, it honestly wasn't um, much of a uh, match here. It wasn't a uh, long segment at all because as we all know Lana uh, while she gives it her all tries hard is still fairly uh, limited in the ring and quite frankly she hasn't wrestled in months when's the last time we've uh, seen her in a match on on TV Uh, not sure how much she's actually wrestled on house shows but what helped this segment was the fact that Rusev wasn't there this week, but you had Aiden English there uh, to get the crowd behind her, coming out, uh, uh, doing the whole Lana is the best, Lana number one thing, getting the crowd right behind Lana. It led to uh, the Iconics uh, then coming out right after it, and, uh, you know, trash-talking English uh, before it, Right before the match, when Aiden pulled out a giant poster sent, referring to today as Lana Day, leading to some argument outside the ring. And Lana was able to come out there, get the upper hand on uh, both uh, Kay and Royce, taking out Peyton Royce uh, uh, so she wouldn't be a distraction, and then getting a quick uh, victory over Billy Kay. And now the the 
purpose of this segment was to continue uh, to try and build up Lana as uh, a relevant uh, part of the women's division, but also to continue to tease what I've long speculated, and that's eventually that Rusev and Lana are going to turn on Aiden English. I, as, as fun a gimmick as it is, uh, cool as is, the crowd gets behind Aiden English with the whole Rusev day, now with Lana is the best, and Lana number one, the, you had the crowd right behind her chanting that last night. And uh, chanting Lana Day uh, right after her win. It's clearly obvious. Eventually, the two of them, if they're unsuccessful at Money in the Bank, are going to turn on Aiden English. And that will be a disappointment with the crowd. And they're going to have to find uh, something else to do with Aiden. But I've seen this coming for weeks, ever since when uh, Lana came up to uh, Rusev and Aiden backstage and wanted to talk to Rusev by himself, saying that uh, uh, he uh, feels that he hasn't been as aggressive lately in the ring and feels that uh, something's getting in his way. It kind of feels like they've been teasing toward this for a while now. So we'll we'll see when that that does uh, happen if it does uh, come to fruition. The other uh, women's qualifying uh, match last night, as we talked about, was Naomi going up against Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville getting a second opportunity for money in the bank because she was in a triple threat match last week against her teammate uh, Mandy Rose and against Becky Lynch, uh, a a match in which she... uh, didn't win, but she also wasn't the one uh, that tapped out to uh, Becky Lynch, so she thought she uh, deserved an, another opportunity, but uh, even though she uh, dominated the match, in the end, the athleticism of Naomi was too much. Even that point where they both kicked each other in the face, and Naomi seemed to get the better of that, uh, leading to her uh, roll-up victory over DeVille. I'm surprised they have uh, uh, DeVille... Uh, lose uh, so many of these matches, so many of the, the these uh, one-on-one matches because they, they've been trying to play up her, her uh, background as an ex-MMA fighter and uh, lately she's been more of a stepping stone. They tried building her up when she was in NXT as this badass who uh, who uh, comes from the MMA world, and it, it, instead uh, she um, doesn't uh, you know, have a full payoff. She will dominate these matches and look good, but then in, in the end uh, lose uh, to something as simple as a roll-up, and, and it kind of takes away any intimidation factor that you want to have there uh, with her in the, the uh, women's division. So maybe this... These uh, continued losses are just a way to continue to build the the issues and build uh, problems between the uh, the two um, members of Absolution and their former protege, their former mentor, who is now the general manager of SmackDown Live. (laughs) 
it's only the second week on SmackDown Live, but Anjani Cian Almas and Zelina Vega are already uh, complaining and uh, getting annoyed about their treatment on SmackDown Live with uh, Zelina Vega griping about how uh, WWE has treated her uh, client so far, uh, talking about uh, the lack of competition for him as for the second week in a row he went up against a, a local jobber that, and for the second week in a row this uh, scrub provided little to no resistance to uh, Cien Almas as he uh, essentially he toyed around with him for a couple minutes but and outright destroyed him before uh, finally uh, coming away with uh, the victory, once again hitting every single one of his finishing maneuvers. I'm not sure if the guy even got one punch off, got any a bit of resistance uh, toward uh, uh, Cien Almas. And there's a couple things here. You, you look at one, they're uh, you know taking their time building up uh, Almas uh, by having them go over these guys in as vicious uh, a form of possible. They're trying to build him up to, uh, and take their time with it by building up the former NXT champion to look as strong of a competitor as they possibly can before they uh, put him against real competition on SmackDown Live. But you don't want this going too long. I would say another week or two of him going up against these local jobbers before you put him in there against some legitimate mid-card wrestlers because if you, if you just you know keep this going on and on the, the crowd's going to get bored with it and uh, look at it as uh same thing every week this guy just comes out beats up some local jobber and then uh complains about his uh treatment here on uh, SmackDown Live. So you, you want to get to the point where uh, you're not just building him up, but you're also having him be a relevant member of the, the SmackDown roster. After last week's win over AJ Styles, Nakamura was allowed to choose the stipulation for their WWE Championship match at Money in the Bank. And we're prepared to come into this night to find out uh, what's that stipulation going to be, what's going to be the match type he chooses. So AJ came to the ring to meet Nakamura demanding to hear the stipulation at first Nakamura played around with him by demanding to see replay from uh the victory last week uh joked that their title fight would be a pillow fight before it turned into a brawl between these two guys as you'd expect it's gone from respect over the last couple months to just a flat-out hatred a very personal rivalry arguably been the rivalry of the year in uh, WWE so far with the match quality that they've had and the animosity between the two of them and you know once it got to uh, the outside that's when Nakamura took control of uh, the fight hitting a uh, 
AJ with a chair and then hitting him with uh, the Kinshasa before it became fairly clear what uh, match type he was going to choose because he, he started counting AJ down, got to a 10 count, and then climbed on to the announce table and revealed to us all that their match at Money in the Bank will be a last man standing match. And quite honestly, with you, this is a, a natural fit here for this uh, rivalry because it, the last two times they've faced off for the title, there's been no decision. There's uh, been a double count out in Saudi Arabia, and then there was the, the double 10 count, no contest uh, at Backlash. So you might as well ha uh, give a decisive uh, finish here uh, for these two in uh, arguably uh, one of the most personal, dangerous, and ferocious match types that WWE can have, uh, which you know, it promises to be violent, uh, a lot of weapons used, a lot of emotion will be shown here because both guys want to put a statement in what will probably be the last match of this series. Even if Nakamura wins the championship, I, I could see a situation where AJ doesn't get his uh, title rematch and they just move on to another opponent for Nakamura to face, or if AJ retains the title, then Nakamura goes to the back of the line and has to move on to another feud. I just, what I hope for this match, I, I expect greatness out of these two, but I hope that this does not turn into a low blow fest like Backlash did at the end. You want to have weapons, you want to have these guys do jumping off stuff, doing crazy stuff, doing their finishers on the stage or uh, outside the ring, you get the announce table involved as you usually see in this kind of match, fine. But don't turn it into it being all about the low blows as it has been uh, the uh, last several months and weeks of this rivalry. Have a ferocious conclusive end to what's been a, a great rivalry since uh, the Royal Rumble and uh, leave us saying that, wow, that, that rivalry is something that we're going to remember 2018 for these matches, not just the fact that Nakamura continuously hit AJ Styles with low blows in his pursuit of the WWE Championship. Unlike Raw Monday night, last night the SmackDown Live tag team division was uh, actually given a relevant, useful spot on the program when the Usos went up against the Good Brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson to determine who would face the Bludgeon Brothers for the SmackDown Live tag team championship at Money in the Bank. And you know, there was a surprising amount of tension between these two before the match a lot of trash talking back and forth with uh the usos you know saying this ain't japan anymore this ain't monday night uh, raw this is smackdown live where the usos run the show and the reason i call it uh surprising is because these two teams haven't faced each other in a couple of years they've uh Prior to this recent Superstar shakeup, they've been on different shows. Yeah, when Anderson and Gallo first came to 
WWE and were alongside AJ in the club. They had their issues with Roman Reigns and his cousins, the Usos. But other than that, these teams haven't faced each other. So surprised the amount of trash talk they had back and forth. Maybe this could build to a rivalry between the two teams uh, down the road. Especially when you, you consider the uh, in, intensity there that made uh, a mid-card match for all intents and purposes feel even bigger and gave you uh, some uh, good quality, some good spots here, which eventually led to uh, Gallows and Anderson pulling off the victory once the Usos tried to go for one too many high-flying spots. Now, Gallows and Anderson will get the shot at uh, the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championship. Give it you know, a fresh look there, fresh feel. When you consider the, the Usos had run uh, the joint in the, the division over the last uh, several months and years, you give uh, a fresh opponent there for the Bludgeon Brothers, guys who that they don't have a clear size advantage over, especially in the case of Luke Gallows, who may be bigger than uh, either one of the Bludgeon Brothers. So, should be a, an interesting contest between the two coming up on uh, uh, June the 17th. And good to see that SmackDown actually has some use for their tag team division, unlike Monday Night Raw. Now, originally last night we were supposed to determine the fourth and final qualifier for the SmackDown side of the Money in the Bank men's ladder match. But due to injury from Big Cass, there was no opponent uh, for Samoa Joe to face. So what they decided to do is show why SmackDown is the land of opportunity, the uh, land of giving a second chance to uh, people who actually deserve second chances, unlike on Monday Night Raw where Kevin Owens seems to get chance after chance after chance, or Roman Reigns seems to get chance after chance after chance. They gave an opportunity to two guys who deserved uh, a second chance in Daniel Bryan and the United States champion Jeff Hardy, the two of them facing off to determine who would face Samoa Joe next week on SmackDown Live for the final spot on the men's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. It, it was you know, the kind of match, the kind of back-and-forth match you expect from these two guys. First time ever that they had faced off in a one-on-one match because, remember, uh, during Daniel Bryan's first run in WWE, Jeff Hardy wasn't here. He was over in Impact Wrestling. And Jeff Hardy came back at a time in which Daniel Bryan wasn't cleared to wrestle. So this was kind of a dream match, a dream come true match. Both guys show respect for the other leading into the match. Daniel Bryan even referring to Jeff Hardy as a legend, which he is. He both guys here are future uh, WWE Hall of Famers, and you know you, you can um, argue that this might have been Jeff's best singles match since he came back from injury. Him and uh, Daniel both had a, a lot of. Uh, energy for this match and you know it's the kind of match that if it was put on pay-per-view you'd love to see it again because for the limited time spot that they gave this match being uh that SmackDown never goes 
over their time slot, it had a lot of quality, whether it be, uh, you know, the high flying of Jeff leaping off the ring apron, clotheslining Daniel Bryan, Daniel and his uh, technical abilities able to counter Jeff's high flying offense, e- even uh, Jeff able to avoid uh, the yes kicks at certain points and uh, his uh, risk taker mentality uh, going one step too far when he uh, tried to go for the swanton bomb to uh, end the match only for Daniel to counter it with uh, knees to the back to set up uh, for the uh, the same uh, leg lock that he put on big cast last week uh, forcing Jeff to tap out and moving uh, Daniel Bryan on to facing Joe next week. What was an extra added element for this match is the fact that you had Samoa Joe ringside on commentary. And what's interesting, whenever Joe is on commentary, you know, even though he's supposed to be a heel, he he doesn't come off as that traditional heel when he's on commentary because he usually he shows respect for uh, his uh, potential opponents unless it's Roman Reigns and uh, does it always uh, include that extra uh, the, the winner of this match uh, is really the loser kind of feel of it because they they gotta uh, face me next he, he even got on the microphone and uh, told uh, Daniel Bryan I'm not sure why uh, you're uh, celebrating here uh, so much when uh, you have to face me uh, next week as a way to almost intimidate Daniel Bryan and now that this is a main event that we're all I'm sure looking forward to because they they've faced in the past but never in WWE. This is their first encounter in uh, WWE. It will be a match that I'm sure will main event SmackDown Live next week. And you're given uh, plenty of opportunities here. You can e- What you can either do is have Daniel Bryan's dream run toward becoming WWE Champion again continue by winning this match and getting in the mix for the money in the bank. Or you could have... Uh, Big Cass healed up enough where he interferes, once again ruins Daniel Bryan's dreams of being in uh, Money in the Bank, continuing that rivalry as Cass's way of getting revenge for Daniel, in his mind, screwing up his opportunity. What you could also do is, let's say you have Daniel Bryan win next week, get into the Money in the Bank ladder match. Then in that ladder match, you could have Big Cass do a run in there and and interfere and cost him uh, getting in the briefcase when he's uh, so close to winning it. He also could have, say, Daniel Bryan wins that. Uh, Samoa Joe has nothing then going for him for Money in the Bank. He could uh, turn his attentions toward facing Jeff Hardy for the United States Championship. So there's you know, so many different ways they can go with this. There's a lot of opportunities here uh, to uh, build off this and have some good storylines here uh, with everybody involved, with Daniel Bryan, Big Cass, Samoa Joe, even Jeff Hardy, whose you know, United States title run so far has kind of felt... Uh, a little uh, lukewarm, if you ask me. I, I haven't felt like his title matches with some of these opponents, whether it be uh, Jinder Mahal or uh, Randy Orton at Backlash, have been uh, the greatest in the world. So maybe you put him in there against someone like an Intimidator like Joe that can really uh, boost the stock of the United States title back to where it should be. So I don't know. Those are just some ideas there, but they're 
plenty of different ways WWE can go, uh, uh, and uh, that added element of surprise and unknown for SmackDown Live is is what we uh, love about that. So we'll see next week where that goes. Remember, two big matches coming up next week. Joe versus Daniel for the final spot in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match and that six-person tag match, The Miz and The Bar going up against The New Day should be a very good uh, SmackDown Live coming up next week. For this Wednesday, May the 23rd, 2018. I'm M3, and that was my opinion. Remember, follow me on Twitter at M3Rosansky. As well, tell, uh, tell your friends about uh, where they can find our podcast each and every week. I'll try to do a sports podcast later on today. They can find us either through the podcast app, M3's Opinion, or anchor.fm slash m3's opinion subscribe and you'll be informed every time i post a new podcast everybody enjoy the rest of your day and i'll talk to you again very soon peace